Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Businesses that are purpose-driven and B Corp certified are growing at 37 times the national average. So it makes business sense to stand for this. You're not going to attract the next generation of workers if you don't stand for purpose. They just won't work for you. So you're going to have staff shortages. You're going to have customers that you see every day are demanding more and more for transparency. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thank you for listening to episode 408 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. And today, we are speaking with Tamara Lur. Tamara Lur is a globally recognized impact investor, online strategist, and growth advisor to $50 million plus privately owned companies. With $5 billion funds under mentoring, Tamara helps fellow entrepreneurs and CEOs scale and exit their companies through effective growth strategies and net positive business models, scalable and lead sales processes and digital transformation. Along with a string of awards expanding across her 25-year entrepreneurial journey, Tamara was recently named by Forbes in the top 11 most impactful female leaders and made the top 300 real leaders in 2023 list. Tamara, thank you so much for being with us today. Lovely to be here. Awesome. Tamara, can you just Give us a little bit of an idea of your background and what it is that has led you to be in this incredible position you're in today. It's funny. There's no such thing as overnight success, right? Only 25 years of being a female entrepreneur that's led to this point. But for me, there's always been my core values. And part of that was starting a business and always looking for ways to do the right thing. In fact, That's how I got into business. I graduated university. I'm a creative by heart. So I'm a illustrator, songwriter, all of that sort of stuff. So very much a creative thinker and got into an agency and was told, you know, I needed to market businesses that I didn't believe in. That fundamentally didn't sit well with me as far as my values. So I actually started my first business by going out on my own so that I could choose my own clients and use my zone of genius, which is creativity and marketing, to help businesses that I actually believed in. That's sort of how I got started at 19 with a digital marketing agency, and then started investing about 15 years ago in businesses. So taking equity, and then ended up raising some capital and doing it using capital as well. But every step of the way, it was really important for me to make sure that it was ethical. To me, Basal, which is my company name, is actually an ancient Gaelic word and it means ethical moral of good intent whilst honoring the earth mother and its people. For me, I won't invest in a business. I won't help a business unless I can do good and have a net positive business model, which is very important. 
Can you tell us more about what has, I know that you've got a, somewhat of a, a philosophy, for want of a better word, about blended without compromise. How did this come about and what does it look like in practice? Everyone used to say to me, if you want to start a family and if you want to be the breadwinner and if you want to have big businesses, and most of my businesses offshore, my biggest market is America, 90% of our business comes from there. They're getting, people would say to me, you have to compromise on something. And I'd be like, why do I have to do that? So I was looking for a better model because when I look at women in business, they take so much longer to grow because they don't get access to the networks that I have. They don't get access to the capital that women just don't get in general. And then the other thing is that they want to focus on their family. So the business takes all their entrepreneurial journey or their career takes a back seat. I wanted to figure out a way that I could have all of that. And the solution was that we need to blend more things. We need to give ourselves permission to blend. So I'll give you a recent example. Uh, I got asked to come to Miami last week. I was there for the last two weeks to mentor a fellow YPLA who does over $900 million in revenue. So huge opportunity for me to get into that business and make a positive impact. But it fell on the school holidays. And that's my sacred time with the kids because they're not at school. And I usually do a lot of things with them around the holiday time. So for me, it was oh, feeling torn. So when you're feeling torn, my rule is look for a way to blend. So I said, actually, I'm going to bring the kids with me. And I'm going to do Disney World, which is on my bucket list. I did it VIP style, which means you go to the front of the line and you can do 20 rides in one day. Also good if you've got enough money to do that thing, which is what entrepreneurship gives you. And I'm going to blend the two. I got to work during the day. I got to spend the afternoon with the kids. I got to experience Miami. We hired boats and did all sorts of fun things, went to Disney World, and we created memories at the same time. I didn't ask for permission. I did not say sorry. I said, if you're okay with that, then I can accept this contract. You've got to look for ways to blend and not ask, not apologize, but lead by example and say, I can equally be a great mum and great in business. And I think when you get to over 40 and you've got 25 years of experience, I can demand that sort of thing. And I believe women should also be asking the same, whether they're in a job or whether they run their own business. And the reason we got into this was for the flexibility, right? Mm, very wise. On the note of female leadership, for you as a female leader and entrepreneur in the purpose-led business space, what are some of the challenges and the opportunities that you're seeing right now? For me, there isn't challenges. It's how you show up as a leader. And anything that I grant myself or my business partners I also grant to my team. My team had the same flexibility. I choose talent, not territory. So I don't care where people live in the world, but in general, I will extend them the same things. We call it a work-life blend. And the same goes for everyone on my team. It's family first. There's an old saying that says you are not a success in business if you fail at home. So the same applies to everyone. So that's my first rule is how do I apply the same to everyone else that works for me so that they can also have this blended lifestyle. So that's really important. The second thing is you mentioned in the introduction that we offshore, like I'm a master of offshoring. 
And I love building offshore teams because it gives us the flexibility to be able to grow businesses at scale. And without access to capital, in most cases, for women especially, that gives us the ability to build teams on a really good budget. When I hire people in the Philippines, we didn't want to do it like everybody else does. We actually give medical to women and their children, and we let them work from home as well. They don't have to commute an hour each way into the office to sit there and be babysat. We actually trust them. And and, and everything comes down to trust and this work-life blend. And if you can get those two right then you will end up with a team underneath you that will go to extra lengths for your business. The work will get done. It just doesn't have to be done between a nine to five clock. If they want to get the kids off to school and start a little later, that's fine. Some people want to start earlier and then finish earlier. It's all about the communication, the trust, and making sure that you give them a work environment where they feel that they don't have to separate the two and that they can have the best of both worlds. Mm, Absolutely. You're traveling all over the world and engaging in so many incredible projects. So I'm wondering uh, what you've come across lately in terms of inspiring projects or initiatives or concepts that are out there creating positive change in our world. As you mentioned in the intro, I'm mentoring quite a lot of brands, over $4 billion worth of combined revenue currently, even though I'm helping them with their sales and marketing, my condition is that they strive to be a business that is net positive. So that's a business that gives more than it takes and that includes impact. I think that makes a lot of business sense. But for most people that I meet in business, they want to do the right thing by the community, by their employees, by their stakeholders and by the planet. It's just how do we do that and still maintain to be profitable? So I'll give you a couple of examples of some that I've done recently. So one is an amazing suit company. They do men's suits in New York. They've got 70 stores throughout the area from New York to Philadelphia. And he's very philanthropic. He does a lot at a local level. And I said, let's embed this in your business. So now for every 100 suits that he sells, he is donating one to a kid who can't afford to go to the prom or a returning veteran who needs to go for a job. That's an easy thing for him to do inside his business. And it also means that when we're looking at the business model and I'm asking the customer, can you please leave a review? Because we all know that reviews drive more sales. Then we can directly relate that to our impact. So we can say, look, we're really about impact. And if you are to leave a review, that's an extra 10 points towards us getting a suit. A lot of people think about impact as a destination. What we've got to look at it is a journey. So what are the steps that we can take every day towards making a more positive impact? And yes, he now needs to look at how does he make his suits more sustainable, the fabrics, all of that. But that's a longer journey. But there's things that you can do straight away, like embedding giving into every product that you sell. And that's a decision that most business owners can do fairly quickly. And it goes a long way because I believe business will fix the world, not governments. I think that we are problem solvers by nature. If we have businesses that are profitable, then we need to stand for profit and purpose. And collectively, we can do a lot. So if you think about someone like another lady that I mentor, Jolly Pop, she does 6 million pairs of shoes. 
for every 100 if she donated, what would that make for the world? He's selling lots of suits. What would that look like as a business that's over 50 million? So if I can encourage all of them to make these small shifts and work towards being a business that gives more than it takes, then I think we can make a massive impact together rather than relying on one Elon Musk or one you know, uh, person, one in a billion that does the impact. I think if we all did it, we would get there a lot quicker. Mm, mm, agreed. Yeah, that collective effort. So Tamara, what advice, suggestions, key learnings would you give to businesses or projects out there who are looking to embed that profit and purpose in their growth strategy and their approach and their vision for the future? So when I start mentoring a company, the first thing I do is I go back to their why statement. And we really need to put purpose at the core of everything that they do. And then we need to re-look at how we articulate that to the market as well. So that's really important. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So let's get back to that why. Let's find out why you started the business, what it is that you want to achieve and what could be a wonderful legacy for this company. So we start there and then we build the existing product offering. We reshape that around a purpose-driven company. Now, I also want to point out that businesses that are purpose-driven and B Corp certified are growing at 37 times the national average. So it makes business sense to stand for this. You're not going to attract the next generation of workers if you don't stand for purpose. They just won't work for you. So you're going to have staff shortages. You're going to have customers that you see every day are demanding more and more for transparency around these sorts of things, around sustainability, around ESG. I help them work on what that looks like and empower them to make that change. And that's really important to start with that and then look at your business as a collective impact that we just keep improving on year on year and with profit being the sacred because profit will drive the growth. And if we drive a business that is committed to purpose, we're going to make bigger impact. Absolutely. Tamara, to finish off, what are some books or resources that you love, that you find incredibly valuable that you'd like to recommend to our audience? So I'm a huge fan of Paul Polman, who's the ex-CEO of Unilever, and he just co-wrote a book called Net Positive. So this is business practices of how to become net positive. And he's talking about it as net positive is here. So how do you get to net positive and then go beyond that? And the second one, which is not necessarily impact focused, is Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. The reason I say that is I encourage all the founders and CEOs of the companies that I mentor to stand up and be more part of the brand. Faceless brands are not performing as well as ones that the founder is behind. And consumers in a time where trust is at its lowest, we want to hear from the founder and they have to take a social stance. So I'm encouraging all of them to step up and actually be part of the brand messaging and authentic leaders, not invisible leaders. So that's another great book, which helps them step into that space and that role as a heart-centered leader. And those are the ones that will lead the companies into great success in the future. Wonderful. Tamara, thank you so much for your generous insights, your time and the work you have done today and continue to do. Thank you. Keep up the wonderful work. 
Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.